Next on BYU Sports Nation, just sign here for an NBA agent. The Eric Mika era has come to an end in Provo. BYU's big man star going pro after his sophomore season. There are two sides to this coin. I'll address that. So will Steve Cleveland. Plus, Brock Hale is crushing the ball right now for Cougar Baseball. He joins us in studio. And the West Coast Conference Softball Player of the Year, Caitlin Larson Aldrich, joins us from Pac-12 country to preview the NCAA tournament. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We're doing it live! BYU Sports Nation is your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, May 17th, wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay. You're welcome. Cool beans. Cool beans. <laughs> cool, cool beans. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with early entrant to the BYU TV Sportscaster Draft, Jerem Jordan. Uh, you know, it's just in the best interest of my family um, for me to do that, uh, to go pro. And let's be honest, it's all about the money. Listen, you were a guy that had, on average, A-minus shows up to this point. You're not going to get much better by staying back. <laughs> like it's, it's time for you to take that next step, man, and get paid some serious coin to do it. So after further review, is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Down, down to kick off! <laughs> How about this? Kalani Satake last night, the BYU Fan Fest was in Farmington, Utah, Jack DeMooney. Hey, yo, yo. Jack DeMooney. Jack DeMooney. 10.05 p.m. he tweets out, pitch black, cold and nippy, and Kalani Satake still refuses to leave until the last fan gets their autograph. What would Bill Walton say about Kalani's performance last night? I remember watching Kalani Satake sign autographs until 4 o'clock in the morning. It was the most charitable act I've ever seen in the history of all dispensations. (laughs) (laughs) I'm particularly excited about the next Fan Fest. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah. We are excited about the next one, wherever it may be. But that's so cool. I mean, how many... Rocket and Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, the wrong guy. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong guy. <laughs> Dang it. What? Um, how many head football coaches? Like, I was, I was looking at this tweet, and I was imagining, like, Nick Saban or Jim Harbaugh in a similar scenario. Thinking, I can see Harbaugh doing it, but not Saban. Yeah. <laughs> that would never happen. Granted, Nick Saban would have a crowd of, like, 100,000 people in right. Alabama. Yeah. But... Yeah, he's, he's just, a religious figure in Alabama. <laughs> Kalani is a unique personality. He's fantastic. Yes, he is. He has many, many good adjectives. You fill in the blank, BYU fans. But it's cold, and he's signing autographs and taking pictures until after 10 o'clock. How cool is that? That's cool. Yes. Especially for those people who stayed around. Also cool, the headlines. They hit next. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Maybe you heard... Eric Mika announces he will hire an agent and remain in the NBA draft. Mika told the media in March when he made well. the... You know, I wouldn't be entering my name. I wouldn't be making, I guess, a big deal about it if I wasn't expecting to do well and, and get drafted. Um, you know, I have confidence in myself and my abilities, and, and I'm hopeful that, that I'll get some attention from teams and, and do really well. Mika told the media in March... So you just saw that rewound clip when he made the decision to enter his name in the draft that he is doing so with expectations 
to be drafted. Now, where are those projections? We'll get into that in just a few minutes. In his two seasons at BYU, Eric Mika averaged 16 points, eight rebounds a game. He was a 20-9 and guy last season. The NBA draft slated for June 22nd. Lots of opinion coming up in what's trending on the decision. BYU baseball came back to beat Utah Valley 7-6 in the final home game last night. Brock Hale hit a two-run homer late in the game to help spark a comeback. Hale crushes a ball to left center field. And that ball is out of here. Win for the Cougars, three in all in the season against Utah Valley. BYU had to come back at home. It was the final home game. That wraps up uh, things at Miller Park for the season. Brock Hale will join us coming up, by the way. He is the West Coast Conference Playa of the Week. Mason Marshall finished off the win with his 15th career save. The Mantis tied the BYU record. The Cougars wrap up the regular season with a three-game set at Gonzaga starting tomorrow night. All of those games on BYU Radio. What a turnaround for BYU baseball. 21 games into the season, they were 10-11. and 11. They wow. were below 500, and now they're 33-15. and 15. Beautiful. One game away from an outright conference championship in the West Coast Conference and the number one seed in the tourney, which is next week in Stockton, California. Hashtag lock your doors. That is also fantastic, joining the Kalani Satake train today. BYU softball sweeps the West Coast Conference Awards. Caitlin Larson-Aldridge won Player of the Year. She will join us later in Studio B. Gordon Eakin, Coach of the Year for a fifth straight year. And eighth overall, McKenna Bull, Pitcher of the Year. To nobody's surprise, for a third straight year, Lauren Bell won her second straight Defensive Player of the Year. Riley Jensen named the Freshman of the Year. Nine Cougars received all West Coast Conference honors. Now, Riley Jensen was the co-freshman of the year because I feel like the league felt obligated to get like, somebody else yeah. in there. It, this is what it feels like to be Gonzaga in men's basketball. It's in BYU softball in the West Coast Conference. Correct. And BYU men's golf enters day three of the NCAA Regionals at Stanford. Tied for fifth out of 13 teams. The top five advance to the NCAA Championship. Currently, BYU is tied for sixth. Even par in the early start to the day, C.J. Lee tied for ninth individually, shooting two under. Remember, top five teams advance. Top three dudes on teams that don't advance go as well. So C.J. Lee, Patrick Fishburne in the mix for BYU. I'm telling you, BYU Peter Quest golf as well. yeah. in a good place. They, they have a great shot to make the final round of the NCAA championships. Go. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The decision. It just sounds so excellent. If Mika can get a touch now, he's going against Collins. He's stronger right now in the upper body. This is where he should be able to get a high percentage shot. Spin cycle, left hand finish, and one. Mika gets the crowd on their feet. It was nice while it lasted. BYU sophomore forward Eric Mika signing with an agent and will remain in the 2017 NBA draft just like that. The entire dynamic of BYU basketball changes for the approaching future seasons. To quote Eric, my wife and I are excited for the next step in this journey, and we know it's just one among many. I loved my time at BYU, and it truly was a dream come true playing and studying here, and I wouldn't trade the memories I made here for anything. I have tremendous love and respect for the coaches, staff, and players, and loved working with them all. I'm excited to see what happens in the next five weeks, end quote. Now, Jerem, the next five weeks are interesting because according to prominent draft projections, Eric Mika has some work to do 
if he indeed wants to be drafted. No one has him getting drafted. So the, inter- the decision is interesting, right? Yet I get it. I'll break that down in a moment. And the other side of it, too, the BYU angle of it. Nobody has him in. So he wants to go play pro. He wants to leave. He wants to do his thing. And I, I do not blame him. In fact, I understand. I think it's a, a smart business decision. Eric's dad is a venture capitalist and a really good one. Very successful. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um, so his dad knows business and business decisions. So I, I understand the decision for Eric Mika from his standpoint. For More the on record, that in a moment. Yeah, for the record, ESPN's Chad Ford has a top 100. Eric Mika ranked 70th overall. That would suggest undrafted. Um, NBA, 60 draft picks. Yeah, NBA draft net. Mika is 92 on their top 100 big board. And DraftExpress.com, 79th out of the top 100 prospects. It only takes one team to love you. That's so true. For what it's worth. Right. So what is he hearing? And he feels like he can get better whether or not he gets drafted. Okay. Yeah, you, the you progress can, can happen in yeah. the NBA D-League or yeah, a number and you, of different places. And you can get paid to do it. Would you rather get paid, uh, you know, make six figures or take American Heritage? I think the answer is pretty obvious for a lot of people. He thinks he can help himself professionally by just going pro. So he's doing that. He's signing well, with an he, agent. It's over. He's you a crazy dedicated student, too. He's whatever. Eric, yes. Eric is a tremendous, has a tremendous work ethic. Like, I'm excited to see where he goes. I just wanted to see another year with him at BYU. Yeah, absolutely. From head coach Dave Rose, we're very excited for Eric and support him in this decision. He has the potential to be a great pro because of his amazing work ethic. You just mentioned that, Jerem. And the great support system around him. It was a privilege to coach Eric, and he will always be remembered as a great player at BYU. So, how you holding up, BYU Sports Nation? For a mere $160 an hour, Jerem and I will hear <laughs> your concerns as your resident BYUSN therapists just answer today's Twitter question. What's your reaction to Eric Mika's decision to remain in the NBA draft? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Bell underscore four. Well, there goes our hopes for a better 2017-18 season. Better luck next year or not. I'm not down on the future. I'm just not ready to talk about the future of BYU hoops yet. I want to talk about Eric Mika and this decision, okay? So I use hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. We'll get to those throughout the show. Here, I want to attack two angles. Okay, okay. The Eric Mika angle and then the BYU angle. The Eric Mika angle. Eric Mika's decision was selfish, and it should be. Absolutely, it's a it should. smart business decision. Okay, we're not used to this at BYU. In fact, I believe this is just the third time BYU's had an underclassman go to the draft. Sean Bradley, after his freshman year mission, went to the draft. Uh, then you have Trent, Trent Playstead, who went after his junior year, second rounder to the Sonics, cup of coffee or post him since BYU in the NBA. And now Eric Mika after his sophomore year. He must feel like he maxed out his development in college and he'd be better suited in the D-League or overseas because he's not going to uh, be drafted in the first round and be guaranteed money and be on a roster. He might, though, after summer league. We'll see. He's not projected to be drafted by anybody, so he just wants to leave, and that's fine. The way last season played out, by the way, must have weighed into the decision. You don't think that was taxing on him? Yeah, so that's a bummer. But think about this situation. He's a 20-9 and nine guy, pro talent. He's married, as I mentioned. His dad's a venture capitalist, very successful. He speaks Italian. I think uh, him, uh, Eric Mika going on his mission to Europe was part of this situation. He's lived there. He feels comfortable there. He speaks Italian. He's ready to go, okay? Then there's the BYU angle of this. Yes, please, please, for the fans, Jerem. The Lone Peak 3 lasted one season. This is a real bummer. There were lots of conversations. Obviously, overhype was part of this. 
But that was some of that was self-inflicted with comments like, well, we won a national championship in high school. We feel like we can do compete at the next level, right? Final fours, sweet 16s. We talked about one time, what's the minimum standard for this group? Like a sweet 16? BYU produced with Eric Mika's teams as a freshman, an NCAA tournament loss and an NIT loss. So no postseason wins. That's quite disappointing given the talent. And we only had one year with this group. So I, I think that the Iggy's three and the Lone Peak three have taught us a few things. Wow, you're comparing the two. Situations change. Uh, expect the unexpected, and long-range plans are pretty futile in sports. Okay. The one thing that BYU fans it, this did a, not this consider a, yeah. was the early entry to the NBA draft. Right? After his sophomore year, which is pretty crazy, which is pretty wild. Like, I'm, I hope he has great success. But this is, this is a bummer of a day uh, for the end of an era that never really was. This is a hard reset for BYU basketball. And what are they losing? That takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Eric Mink is one of eight players in BYU history to score 1,000 or more points in his first two or only two seasons. I mean, he was tremendous. He is one of the best post players BYU has ever, ever had. And will ever have. And that's, that's why it's – and he was in BYU's backyard. Like, this is amazing, right? So it's – I, I think BYU will be just fine as a program. Dave Rose knows how to win 20 to 25 games and get competitive in the postseason. I'm not worried about that. But I'm just bummed that this era of potentially a nice run in the tournament or whatever, and that still could happen with, with this group. But it had a way better chance with Eric Meek on it. At Greg Rebell uh, helping out with that stat of the day. Nicely done there. As incredible as Eric Mika was this year, it was weird because the team never found a consistent groove with that star player. Not the entire season. So to me, BYU basketball in 2016 was a brand new high-level computer with the state-of-the-art hard drive, the fastest processor that was frozen on the blue screen of death, Jerem. It, it was not operating at the level that you wanted to. They need a hard reset. They just got it. They need the, more RAM. The entire dynamic of the team is changing with the addition of assistant coach Heath Schroyer. And the Cougars going back to an offense which I believe – Best suits Dave Rose's style of choice. Good post player in Yoli Childs. I think he can be just like Keena Young and a bunch of guys around him that can run and gun and shoot the lights out and attack off the dribble. Can they play some defense, though? I, yeah, I'm excited to see the future. We'll get to that. There's like six or seven months. Let's just <laughs> swallow a little bit, I wore we? black on purpose today. <laughs> What's your reaction to Mika's decision to remain in the NBA draft? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Coach Cleveland will tell us what his reaction is to Eric Mika's departure next. What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Station simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Send in your responses. Let Jeremy and I be your resident therapist after the decision by Eric Mika to stay in the NBA draft. Ever since you said for $160 an hour, no one's tweeted. That's really weird. Yeah, what's up with that? Just kidding. Football Media Day is coming up June 23rd. Starts at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern, or 11 a.m., excuse me, Eastern time with State of the Program. We'll get to that full schedule later. But BYU Sports Nation, we got a two-hour special starting at noon Eastern time that day. A full day of BYU football on BYU TV coming up. 
in about five weeks. At VRR616 tweets in response to his reaction about Mika going to stay in the NBA draft. BYU will be okay, but I think Mika would have been better served to wait another year. That's an interesting conversation. That's the question, right? In the beginning, it was like, yeah, he's got some things to work on, and I think he can improve his draft stock, and next year's draft is not nearly as loaded as this year's. But how many times does it take for people to chirp in your that, look, you're 23 and you're not getting any younger and you're dealing with guys that are 18 and 19? Yeah. Like, that factors in, It's right? a complicated thing. It really is. And like I said, we are not used to this. We are not used to underclassmen leaving. So when they do, we're like, what? Why? It, it happens. It's a regular thing in college hoops. In fact, it's, at some point, it's probably a good thing for programs. That means you're getting good talent. If guys are going early, generally that means they're pretty good. Eric Mika staying in the NBA draft. To react to that now, we bring in the former BYU head basketball coach, Steve Cleveland. Heath Schroyer was in that seat yesterday talking about, hey, look, it'd be great to have Eric if I get the opportunity. He will not now. And here is BYU basketball with that, their star big man. What was your reaction to the news last night that Eric is going to pursue a pro career 100%? It did, I'll be honest with you, it didn't surprise me. Uh, just let's be truthful here. I, I think that everything that he said publicly – about the best op, he always kind of what's going to give me the best opportunity to play in the league where the league I want to be in, and the best opportunity for him to play in the NBA is to get into a program, whether it's a second round pick or picked up or playing in the D League or playing in Europe somewhere where I can play basketball 24/7 and continue to grow and get better. So it didn't surprise me, and I felt all along that this probably would be his decision. Is this the best decision in your mind for uh, that? he go now as opposed to maybe waiting a year? I will just say this. As, as good as the coaching he's going to get and the experience he's going to get, he can't get what he gets in the NBA. Uh, the NBA, he, we talked about this before. He'll have a strength coach. He'll have a shooting coach. Uh, he'll have a nutrition coach. You know, he'll have someone help him with his mindset and all the mental parts of the game. He'll play in, a, in a, either a D league or he'll be on a team where he maybe gets limited minutes. But I think with – well, what they see in Eric, I think the one thing that he has that a lot of young men don't have coming in, they have a great motor. I mean, look at Draymond Green. He's 6'8", he's a second-round pick, and, and what does he become? Okay, I'm just, you know, here's a guy 6'8", you know, can a guy that's 6'10", is he mobile enough, is he strong enough? Can he? Yeah, of course he can. He can do all those things. He just needs some time, and under the stewardship and the mentorship of a program that's full-time 24-7, he gets better in that environment than he does. Now, that may not be what... Any BYU fan wants to hear, but when you compare the two, it, it, it's apples and oranges, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the, BY, the BYU environment is a great environment. He, he, he's already academically eligible. He's, he's going to get his degree. There's no question about those things. But the opportunity to play 24-7 and get better is, is the quickest way for him to find out if, in fact, he can play in that league. Steve Cleveland with us in studio. Be talking about Eric Mika and his decision to remain in the NBA draft not projected right now by any of the major draft boards to go in the first two rounds. So what do you see happening for Eric Mika because he is now staying? Do you, do you see him as an undrafted free agent going to the D-League, or do you think someone sneaks up and gets him late in the second uh, round? I, I suspect that maybe someone will pick him up later. He's, he's got four or five workouts. He'll have more workouts where he's one-on-one. There are some teams that have expressed some interest in him, whether they draft him or not. doesn't matter. As you said, they could place him in Europe. They could send him to the D-League. They could bring him as a restricted and, and bring him into camp. There's a lot of different ways for them to get 
The thing is, if he is, a, the, the big argument against the second round has always been that there's not a lot of money there, but that's changed too. With the new bargaining agreement, the D-League has been restructured, the pay has been restructured. Uh, I, I suspect that you, you'll probably see him in a late second round, that someone will work him out, like him, and say, you know what, let's take this young man, we like what we see. What do you think of his decision to go pro, despite the fact that he's not even projected to be drafted? Well, listen, he, he in his mind, and his wife, and, I, and listen, I've never had a conversation. I'm going to just tell you my perception from the outside looking in. This past year, personally, and, and I may be totally off base on this, it was really difficult for everyone with all the expectations. And, it, and, and Eric, if anybody, was the cream that rose to the top, and, and he was the foundation of this program. But at times, there just seemed to be so much pressure, so much expectations. I'm not sure that he had much fun this year, to be really honest despite with you. Despite going 20 and 9. And, right? and despite being one of the best players in the WCC, doing all those things. I just, my gut feeling, and he's saying all the right things. This is my only opinion. But I think his experience here was a difficult one. I think there was a, some really unrealistic expectations on these young people. I think there's all been, uh, there's been a little bit of, uh, they've gone through some withdrawal. And I think what's going to happen now as they come together, we, uh, there's a new staff, there's a new opportunity to establish an identity, to establish a culture. Uh, we'll talk about it in a moment, but I actually really like where the team will go forward from here. Without, and they would certainly be better with Mika here. But I, I believe that they can reach their goals and do the things they want to do even without him. How would you define his career in the two years that he played at BYU, one year before his mission, and then just an unexpected, fantastic year coming off of his two-year mission to Italy? His motor was always on. He always gave you everything he had. I mean, he ran the floor like a deer. He competed. He was strong. He had a great attitude. You know, he went through frustration. You know, that, that's one of the things when you're in high school – you, and you never really lost a lot, and you come in here and you have to adjust to what's it like to lose games and those kind of circumstances, but he always had a great attitude. Uh, the players loved him, and I, I, I liked him. I, I think he had a great career, and, uh, but I, I just like his energy, his motor. That's why I believe he has a chance to play in that league, not because I saw something in his jumper or something I saw in his handles, but because he is such a determined young man that uh, he has that aggression level and that mindset that I can do this. And, you know, he may never be a star in the NBA, but I do believe that he'll play in the NBA. The disappointment of the day is directly tied to the level of talent Eric Mika has. He's so good, and everyone's bummed that he's not going to be at BYU no. anymore. So what's, what's it like as a coach who had not one but two guys at Fresno State go early, including Paul George, when a guy leaves like this? How does it affect the team the next season? My context is a little bit different than Coach Rose's, seeing how we kind of went through a, a lot of uh, sanctions and things at Fresno State, and it was really hard to get players when you only had eight scholarships. So when both of these young men, Greg Smith and, and Paul, left, uh, it was pretty devastating because I didn't have the ability to recover from it because we were still on – and anytime you have the, the cloud of probation and all the things that go with that hanging over you, I can't replace a player like that that we took a chance on, we figured he could grow and develop, just didn't want it to happen that fast. So to be honest with you, it was really hard. I knew it was exactly the right thing for him to do. He was on no draft boards. He was on nothing. Okay. Paul, 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 no, no draft boards, nothing. I mean, it was one of those things that he decided to go out and then he had six or seven workouts and somehow, some way he worked himself to a lottery pick. But the, the, I, you know, whether it's Isaiah Thomas or Draymond Green or whoever we're talking about their second round picks, things happen. People get better. And, uh, and I think they saw that in Paul, but it was hard as a coach. Uh, 
I had to kind of restart, and it, uh, it you know, it hard, it was actually hard, very difficult to overcome in that setting. It won't be nearly as difficult. Coach Rose has an established program here. They have a guard line that's the best in the West in the WCC. Okay, when you when you include Celius there, when you include uh, the new point guard from Chipola, you have and Bergeson from you've got I you've got the best guards in the league, and, and with experience. And with experience now, it's not just freshmen coming in. There's no, there's no team in this league that has the depth and the talent of this guard line. Not saying they don't have good guards, but the depth and talent, no one's as good as BYU. And they're going to get better. And then I guess the big question is, who's going to fill in? Well, can you imagine if Kyle Davis had played all year last year? Man. Which we really would have liked. And, and Yoli Child now as a and sophomore. Eli Bryant. And, 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 and if, if, if we're in a situation... How how far along would Yoli Childs be if Kyle Davis had been healthy all year? You know, we would have loved to have seen Kyle play, but in some ways, that that's good fortune for Yoli. Ooh, that's big picture good, stuff. Good, okay. good fortune for the program that's what Coach does. Be, because he has a maturity now. He's made the mistakes. He's going to be really good. And now you've got three returning bigs. You've got you know still time to recruit another big. Uh, brain shot. You've got you've got a group that as a sum. They have to try to fill in, and they can, no one, not one of those players is going to be Eric Mika, okay? But together with schemes and a different identity, a new assistant coach that will bring energy, that those things may offset the loss of Eric Mika, besides the fact that all of a sudden expectations are down and everybody will feel like, yeah, this team's not going to be as good as they think, and now, <laughs> and now they're going to overachieve, hey, right? right? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of how it works sometimes. But, but I, I'm telling you, this is going to be a great summer yeah. with the addition of staff, with, with new players. There's going to be great energy. And every one of those bigs, not one of them has to be Eric Mika. That, but together, they need to bring those numbers. And uh, there'll, be, there'll be a great unity, I think, in trying to, to prove that they can do this without having Eric here. To some degree, the finality of the Lone Peak 3 and kind of closing the book on that, I almost feel like that will enable T.J. Haas and Nick Emery to be able to maybe excel at a higher level. A hard I, I, reset in, can be a good in, thing. In a weird way without Eric, no maybe question. they'll be in a better position. I don't know. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I think that cloud's been hanging over them, and they've, ta- they've taken more abuse and more criticism. And from the outside, from supporters of BYU and outside, you know, well, let, let, that, that all goes away now. That all goes away. And, and T.J. Haas and Nick Emery are really good players. Zach Salius, really good player. Eli Bryant, very good player. Those are all really good players. The little point guard is going to really help them. He's different than everybody they have. So I think there'll be a unit. I think there'll be unity from this hard reset. And who, who, in all of our lives, in all of our lives, we've gone through things personally or in our families where we had really difficult things we had to overcome. And then we hit rock bottom and you dig and scratch and claw your way out and you become better as a result of it. And that's what you're going to see happen with the BYU basketball program. Steve Cleveland is charging $320 an hour (laughs) as your resident BYUSM therapist. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) Coach, fantastic stuff. We appreciate the uh, wide-angle lens, the big picture view, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you a lot about Eric Mika and his NBA prospects. And Yeah, don't we all wish him? I mean, listen, this is – there's another part of it. This is good for the program, okay? There there hasn't been a significant player in the NBA from this school in quite a while. Okay, not that there haven't been some drafting and so forth, but someone that could actually have a presence helps recruiting. It helps the the brand of BYU, and it and it certainly be a wonderful thing for Eric Mika. Coach, thank you for the time. You're welcome. Thanks, Good to Steve. be with you. Steve Cleveland in Studio B, reacting to Eric Mika's decision to remain in the NBA draft, and he just outlined the silver cloud 
that BYU basketball still has despite this news. Download the podcast if you missed any of that conversation. Coming up, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week, the dude that has been crushing the ball all out, all over the park, Brock Hale. He's in Studio B. He's on fire. Like, get a fire extinguisher. Put it up. Quick. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan and Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio. Simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. Steve Cleveland just gave a fantastic interview so good. about Eric Mika, his prospects in the NBA, what it means for BYU basketball. I mean, real talk. Brian Logan calls it real talk. He was happening in Studio B with Steve Cleveland. Always so insightful. That was amazing. Uh, BYU baseball finishes up the regular season at Gonzaga. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. 9 Eastern time tomorrow, BYU Radio and the app. Here's the sitch. They win one game. They're the outright West Coast Conference champions. I guarantee you they want to win all three. Let's refresh today's BYUS and headlines. Eric Mika will hire an agent. He's going pro. He seeks to be drafted into the NBA. In his two seasons at BYU, he averaged 16 points and eight rebounds a game. NBA draft set for June 22nd. We've had lots of conversation about that. If you missed the uh, first segment, we're waiting on that. Download the podcast. BYU baseball came back to beat Utah Valley last night, 7-6 in the final home game. Brock Hale hit a two-run homer late in the game to help spark a comeback. The Cougars win all three this year against the fighting Mark Popes. We'll talk to Brock in just a moment. Softball sweeping the West Coast Conference Awards. Caitlin Larson-Aldridge won Player of the Year. She joins us in Studio B later today. Gordon Eakin, Coach of the Year for a fifth straight season. Eighth overall, McKenna Bull, Pitcher of the Year for a third straight year. Lauren Bell for a second consecutive year. The Defensive Player of the Year, Riley Jensen, named the Freshman of the Year. And BYU men's golf is at the NCAA Regional at Stanford right now. BYU's tied for sixth at two over in the final round. The top five go. So BYU four strokes off of Georgia Tech at this point. Uh, the top five go and the top three individuals of teams that don't advance go. So there's still an opportunity should some of those individuals like C.J. Lee, uh, who is in ninth place at two under, and uh, Patrick Fishburne, who is even and tied for 17th, they could still advance even if BYU doesn't. In Studio B, the reigning West Coast Conference Baseball Player of the Week, Brock Hale. All he's done over the last eight days, hit three home runs, 11 runs batted in. He's having a pretty good week. Brock, welcome to Studio B. Thanks for having me. You went through an interesting scenario this season where you had to sit out for a little while. You got off to a red-hot start. You're batting over 400, and you're back up there again now. But with that break, what, what did that do for you? And, and how did you come back from uh, an extended layoff to keep doing what you're doing right now? Um, obviously, the injury wasn't, you know, something you want. Um, so I missed about eight or nine games. Um, but, I mean, coming back, it, it felt comfortable. I mean, getting the batter's box, it felt good. Um, not being in there for a while. And, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just been rolling. And I think ever since I've been back, it's just, you know, back on, on you know, on track again. It's just... It's just been it's just been good. It's been fun. The team is ten and eleven at one point, and since then you guys have just been crushing it. Um, what what turned the season around? Honestly, I think, I mean, you look at you know teams would be like UCSB and UConn with great pitching, and then we lost that first series to LMU. I think the turning point was that St. Mary's series. I mean, we were able to turn it on with our pitching, our hitting, and everything just came together, and we end up sweeping them. And then ever since then, it's just been. It's just been great. I mean, it's been fun. Everyone's playing loose. Everyone's just having a great time. So, 
BYU has gone 23-4 and since going down one game under 500 at That's 10 nuts. and 11. That is an unbelievable mark in baseball. The Cougars have, I think, 15 comeback wins this year, including last night. What's the feeling like when you're down in a game like last night, in-state rivalry, by three runs in the seventh at home? What, what was that dynamic like? Honestly, anytime we're down, like we, we still feel like we're going to win. I mean, any game we go into, we have that confidence that we're going to win that game. Why do you feel that way? It's just, I don't know, it's just a self-belief that we have in our team, and we've, we've done it so many times. You said 15 times that we've, we've done it, and so we know that anytime we get down on a team, it, it's not over. You know, we're averaging, what, eight or nine runs a game, so we know that we, we can come back on a team anytime. It's just about when it's going to happen, so. I noticed on your bio you were recruited by the likes of Oregon State, who's the number one team in the country, USC, Stanford, etc. I also saw Mesa Community College. What was their pitch to you versus, say, Oregon State? <laughs> Which yeah. I know you can make the jump to the pros right after that, you know, if you mm-hmm. went there or whatever. But Yeah, so it was a little bit different. I mean, those schools, I mean, they were, like, recruiting and stuff. But once I decided to go on a mission, um, they kind of, like, fell off. And so – you know, junior colleges were the ones kind of more co- contacting me saying, like, you're going to have a scholarship. And then towards, like, middle end of my senior season, that's when BYU actually called. And then, obviously, that was, you know, the best fit for me, you know, coming off a mission. And, you know, it's been a great decision since. Did you want to come to BYU? Were you waiting for BYU to maybe jump in the mix? I mean, yeah, that was that was uh, definitely a thought. You know, for a lot of return missionaries, that's, you know, the best option to come. And, I mean, obviously, you want to get that call from – a Division One school, you know, even going on a mission. And obviously BYU's, you know, the school that's going to do that for you. And uh, so, yeah, obviously when I got that call, I was super excited and super stoked. And then, yeah, from there it was, it was good. I started my mission, able to come back, and, you know, it's been, it's been good ever since. What are Mike Littlewood and Trent Pratt like as recruiters? So – they were, I mean, they were super nice. I actually got the call from Coach Herring. Oh, okay. So yeah. Brent, so Brent called you. Okay. Yeah. So I got the call from Coach Herring. I remember, I still remember. I was in my bed. He probably called me like eight o'clock in the morning. I just just woke up and I was like, Hey, what's up? You know, this is Coach Herring. But um, it they were super nice. I mean, um, coming here, it was just it just felt right. You know, seeing you know everything they were telling me and you know all the you know what the program was like and. Everything just felt right that, you know, I need to come here. So, Do you have a guy in the uh, majors that you emulate at the plate or in the field? Um, I would say, I mean, obviously, like being an outfielder and, and stuff like that. I mean, I think the perfect example is Mike Trout. He's, he can do it all. I mean, he's fast. I mean, he, has, he hits for power. hits for contact. I mean, he's a great defensive player. So I'm not going to say that I'm anything like Mike Trout, but – I mean, if there's a player to emulate, that's that's the guy. I would oh want yeah. yeah, hard hard to argue with that. Yeah. What's <laughs> what's your WAR? Those that's the real question. I want to figure out what's your wins above replacement this year, like Mike Trout. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> random Six baseball plus. stats. Yeah. I love it so much. Brock Hale, West Coast Conference Player of the Week on BYU Sports Nation. There have been some strange things that have happened for BYU baseball over the last week. Notably, a 42-run game against Portland last Thursday. <laughs> That lasted four and a half hours. And before that, a 13-inning game against the University of Utah. Last night's come from behind win. I mean, you scored 50 runs in three games against Portland. What's the craziest thing that you have experienced in the last week of BYU baseball? I got to say, it's got to be that first game against Portland. That was the most bizarre thing I've ever been a part of. (laughs) I mean, if you were to tell me that we were going to score 23 runs against a team, I would – I mean, 
We did against UVU. It was an absolute blowout. If you were telling me we'd do that against Portland, yeah, I would say it was an absolute blowout. But it was actually like a close game. You know, and we have Shaver on the mound throwing. We have, you know, guys moving everywhere. <laughs> and Shaver well, threw again last night. Yeah, he threw again last night. He did. He's actually a pretty good pitcher. Who would have known? Shaver's getting the start in game four in the tourney. <laughs> yeah, in two weeks. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But. BYU holds on for a 23 to 19 win. Shaver, zero and zero. Now you're going to have to have pitching stats with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was like the weird. Yeah, that's the weirdest game I've seen in baseball, like ever. That was crazy. Okay, Gonzaga. You guys win one, you get that right title. What's the focus like right now as you guys try and bring home that title and lock up the one seed? I think the biggest thing is just taking the game at a time. Like, obviously, I mean, that's a huge thing to get that right title. But, I mean, it just starts with game one. You know, we got to go in there, win. And, obviously, like, we're looking to win every single game that series. Um, so, yeah, it's just taking a game at a time. I mean, not – obviously, you don't want to look past anything. I mean, you just got to take it one game at a time. Just you got to win the first one first. <laughs> the basketball team went up there and won. You guys can do it, too. Yeah, we believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, congratulations on a fantastic week, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Big home run last night. Uh, whatever you're doing, continue to do it. That's great coaching, right? Yeah, and we just, should give you the karma, not that you really need doing, it. what you're doing, Brock. Yes. yes. BYU Sports Nation karma. You also need to sign our stretch wide flag. That thing's getting full, man. Yeah. We don't, there aren't a lot of people from Mesa that come in because there's not a lot of Mormons in Mesa, I heard. Um, Good so, grief. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tons. <laughs> You mind signing the play? Yeah. Thanks, bro. All right. Brock He's, Hale. Th- this guy's crushing it. The whole team's crushing it. Like, it is so fun to watch baseball and softball right now just win every game. Win, 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 win. I think my exact words last night when he hit the home run were, crushes a ball to left center field. Yeah. Appropriate, It's right? mean to the ball. It really is. Check the cover. <laughs> Moon dust on that thing? Good grief. <laughs> Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the West Coast Conference softball player there, Caitlin Larson Aldridge, joins us from Pac-12 country. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. Football Media Day is coming up June 23rd. A tremendous array of programs scheduled for BYU TV and BYU Radio starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time with State of the Program. BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern, a two-hour special, yo. Check it out Friday, June 23rd. And the Lavelle Edwards Coaching Tree special as That's well. That's going to be special. It really, it really <laughs> Absolutely is. it will. What's your reaction to Eric Meeker's decision to remain in the NBA draft? That is our Twitter question today at Sports Bystander says, I'm torn. We'll never know how good this BYU team could have been with Mika. That's part of the bummer. I'm telling you, today is an exciting day for Eric, but it's a bummer for the closed book on this group. We know yeah, how like good. There's a lot of talent there, and it's, but it's going to be like a new group. A hard reset, yes. as Steve Cleveland said. I love reset. that interview, by the way. Fantastic. That was outstanding. We know how good West Coast Conference softball player of the year Caitlin Larson Aldridge is and what she means to BYU softball. She joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Caitlin, you're not declaring early for uh, the professional softball draft, right? <laughs> nope. Don't have to worry <laughs> oh. about that. Okay. That's good. That's good. Caitlin, okay. Caitlin's Excellent. coming back. Excellent. Uh, also, you're on the phone today. So uh, you win WCC Player of the Year, and all of a sudden you can't come into Studio B? Like you're, uh, you're too good to hang out with us now? You know, I'm just too good for you guys. <laughs> it's actually true. You're the player of the year. Um, you guys are preparing to go up to uh, this far-off land named Salt Lake um, <laughs> to go to the NCAA regionals. 
What's it like as you guys get ready for games tomorrow, uh, the first against Mississippi State? Um, I know. It's pretty fun. Regionals are always super fun. And I'm actually from Salt Lake, so it's kind of weird that I'm away but home, you know. But it's getting really fun, you know, crazy. So. We just heard that there is snow on the field in Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yes, how, how, how will that affect preparation for uh, the NCAA tournament this weekend? <laughs> well, I guess since we're only from, you know, 30 miles down the road, we're used to snow. So hopefully it's okay for us and not so good for Mississippi State. <laughs> <laughs> were you surprised you won player of the year or were you thinking, hey, maybe I'm in the mix? Um, I was pretty surprised. I mean, I knew I've been playing pretty well, but it's hard. I mean, I don't know how well everybody else is playing either, so... I was pretty shocked. How did you find out about it? Um, our SID Kimber told us. Kimber is the queen of all knowledge, right? With yes, BYU she softball. Is. She's fantastic. Okay, you've won player of the year. And a bunch of your team, like everyone on the team got an award. It was great. Uh, and you swept all the awards. What does that mean uh, to win all those individual awards, which are in a way team awards uh, together? Um, I mean, it's pretty awesome. It just goes to show how, like, good our team is and how far we can actually really go you know after wcc play we can continue to be good and we just have so much talent west coast conference softball player of the year caitlin larson aldridge with us on the deseret first credit union hotline you and your family have split allegiances between the byu cougars and the utah utes it's almost poetic that you are playing for byu (laughs) at the university of utah in the ncaa tournament how do you feel about this scenario uh, I mean, it's just awesome. It's, it's pretty funny. It's, you know, you get a lot of crap when you're the oddball out down playing for the Y compared to everybody else. So I'm pretty excited to show them up in their uh, hometown. Yes, we're <laughs> excited for that, too. And are you the oddball or are you the one, the chosen one? <laughs> <laughs> the chosen one, for sure. To bring balance <laughs> to the Larson family. How, what does your brother Biss think of this, uh, who played at Utah? Uh, I mean, he's excited for me. He's not, he's not too rude, so it's good. He's excited for me. He'll, he'll root for me, that's for sure. Would he wear a BYU shirt? Because we had the situation <laughs> with, uh, who was it, with the, the kicker at Utah I'm losing. Oh, yes, uh, uh, Busy and, Phillips. Yeah, Andy and Busy Phillips, like they would wear the other team's, you know, one was BYU, one was Utah. They would wear the other team's shirt. Would, Biss isn't going to wear a BYU <laughs> shirt. You wouldn't wear a Utah shirt or what? Uh, I don't think I could ever get him to put a Y on his chest, but <laughs> something with like a blue hue. <laughs> there you go. Hey, that's a win. That's a win. Will you wear a blue hue, please, brother, yep. <laughs> to support Caitlin uh, in the softball? Well, he'll tournament. be wearing a jacket if it's snowing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Caitlin, you you have to get through Mississippi State on Thursday to stay on the winner's side of this double elimination bracket. What do you know about the Bulldogs thus far? Um, we have just been told coming in, you know, like. We obviously can't overlook them and just be excited to go to Utah. They're a good team, and uh, they are going to be a challenge for us for sure, but that we can definitely win. So That's a great answer, but let's be honest. How many times do you want to play Utah this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> Only twice. Only twice. I see what you did yep. there, because three would mean <laughs> you were in the loser's bracket having to win two yep. against Utah. That's smart. Um, this, this is a fun setup. You guys have great experience with the NCAA regional. The program's been to one super regional before, so that's certainly a goal I know. What will it take to win this regional in Salt Lake this week? Um, we'll just have to click on all cylinders again, you know, like, not again, we have, um, and just 
play our game the whole weekend because it's a very winnable regional. So we just have to come out firing and do amazing. When I say the word super regional, what goes through your mind, Caitlin? I don't know what goes through my mind, but butterflies go through my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) I love the honest answer. Congratulations again on uh, winning West Coast Conference Softball Player of the Year. We are stoked for you and every member of the BYU softball team. Just make sure Coach De La Housey has her candy ready to go on the road. Perfect. Thanks, Caitlin. Thank you. West Coast Conference Softball Player of the Year, Caitlin Larson Aldridge on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Your values, your timeline, your financial future. Big weekend for softball. That is that is a win, winnable regional. What's the expectation? They're the underdog, right, because they're on the road. But, man, feels like this team could do something special. Up next, Cougar Whip Around hits with an update from BYU Men's Golf in their NCAA regional. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Muchas gracias to today's guests. Steve Cleveland, the former coach. Brock Hale, West Coast Conference Baseball Player of the Weekend. Caitlin Larson Aldridge, West Coast Conference Softball Player of the Year. Coming up this week, Dalton Nixon recently returned missionary for the men's basketball team. Browns analyst Pete Smith on Kainakua and the always opinionated Jonathan Tavernari. Hey, Jordan! 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 Hey! (laughs) Hey! Fuck! Four conference championships. He's like he's like he's, Jack DeMuni of BYU basketball. He's the Brazilian Jack DeMuni. <laughs> Jack DeMuni is the Fijian <laughs> Jonathan Tavernari. <laughs> They're the same person. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's time to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Eric Mika announces he will hire an agent and will remain in the NBA draft. In his two seasons at BYU, Mika averaged 16 points and 8 rebounds per game. The NBA draft is on June 22nd. Baseball. The Cougars with another comeback victory. They beat Utah Valley 7-6 in their final home game of the season. Brock Hale had a two-run home run late in the game to help spark that comeback. Mason Marshall finished off the win with his 15th career save, tying the current BYU record with Ryan Hancock. The Cougars wrap up the regular season with a three-game set at Gonzaga starting tomorrow night. Softball. Hancock was a bad Will Smith movie. BYU swept the West Coast Conference Awards. Caitlin Larson-Aldridge won Player of the Year. We just talked to her. Gordon Eakin won Coach of the Year for a fifth consecutive time, eighth overall. McKenna Bull won Pitcher of the Year for the third straight year. Lauren Bell won her second Defensive Player of the Year award, while Riley Jensen was named Co-Freshman of the Year. Nine Cougars received all West Coast Conference honors. Golf. Who didn't win an award? Currently, BYU men's golf tied for sixth, shooting three over par as a team. Top five advanced to the next round. C.J. Lee has slipped into a tie for 10th place individually at two under par. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Bergman went four for six with a home run and four RBIs. What a game. And a win for the AAA Nashville Sounds, Oakland A's affiliate, versus the Fresno Grizzlies. Lacrosse. Think the A's are calling. The MCLA All-American teams in lacrosse are out, led by first-teamers Max Nesser, Harrison Wardle, and second-teamer Harry Wadups. All right, man. That's good. People are winning awards all over the place. There are a lot of awards going on. Yeah, it's awards season, I think. Holy cow. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Eric Mika. What a... What a career at BYU. What an amazing player. It's a bummer he's leaving. It really is. He was a tremendous player. Tremendous personality. The day before he went on his mission, he wandered behind the set after a segment with a lacrosse stick. Like, who else has done that in the history of this program? 
Uh, make your checks out to uh, BYU Sports Nation Attention Cosmo uh, for the therapy today. Attention after Cosmo? <laughs> no, no, no. Attention Jerem Jordan. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, what's your reaction to Eric Mika's decision to remain in the NBA draft? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At DevonCK22 tweets in simply, let's just talk about football instead, please. Countdown to the Vikings. 101. 100 tomorrow? Yeah, baby! 100 days doesn't feel like that long, does it? No, 100 days is not long. We'll be cruising. That's a little more than three months. The magazines will come out. Oh, the fall media yes, day. yes, yes, yes. Off-season magazines. Some boating at Bear Lake. And then, boom, fall camp, baby, <laughs> which is actually in the summer. At RG55 tweets, the Pope is calling Mika's name. <laughs> not Mark Pope. The actual Pope, so in Italy. In Italy. If Eric Mika doesn't go on his mission to Italy or Europe, he might be back this year. I think that played into this. Man. At Nickley 51, BYU basketball will struggle to stay on the bubble next year. Mika was a rare player here, and we will never know what 2017-2018 might have been. I think in the afterlife, I want to go to like a video room and say, hey, I want to play out a scenario. That play the hypothetical okay, game. If Eric Mika, that's like number 100,000 hey, I'd play. But. I have two superpowers that I want. In my life. You'll, you only get one. I know, but if I could have two and be super selfish and greedy, one would be to time travel, and the second would you be... You mess up everything. Haven't you watched uh, the X-Men? The space-time continuum? It's, yeah. Yes, so I know. The space-time continuum? Can you, can you travel without impacting, like, so people can't see you, but, like, you can just see things? Well, you just... It's a, a virtual reality DVR. That's oh, what you want, okay. right? All right. And then secondly, the ability to see alternate realities based on a decision. Like, I would love that yes. power. That like would if, be amazing. Like if Frank Jackson had come to BYU. Yes! <laughs> Just that Jabari would be so cool, right? come to BYU. The what-ifs are always, always <laughs> very interesting. If Jimmer had gone to another school. Ah! Oh. <laughs> At JSJ35 tweets in... <laughs> Mormon chapter 6, verse 20. We're going to read a scripture. This is great. But behold, ye are gone, and my sorrows cannot bring your return. <laughs> if that's not the elite tweet, I don't know what is. <laughs> Apparently it's not. Our elite tweet of the day from at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. Sad to not see him play here, but excited for him. He knows best about his situation. Excited to watch him at the next level. Yeah, we, we're all excited. I just wanted that excitement to be a year later. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUS. He's gone. My sorrows cannot bring his return. <laughs> Little different context. I know. There, yeah. So very different. Yeah. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. An appropriate shout-out to one Trent Playstead. Yep. BYU Sports Nation back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Goodbye.